Welcome back to Sneaking It In Fantasy Football Week. Is it 11 now? It's week 11, man. That's crazy. Damn, time flies. Good week last week. A lot of high-scoring games. We hope you took some of our advice last week, especially when it came to Kamara. We were right on top of it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that in-depth research suggesting Alvin Kamara. How'd you guys do last week in DFS, right? So I was close. I ended up being a small loss of a week, but I was a few maneuvers away from actually being successful. Too much Kareem Hunt, though. He murdered a lot of lineups. He absolutely did. A lot of mine. I think I had him in 60 70% of lineups. I had a lot of Kamara, though, too, so that saved me. But, yeah, I lost this week as well. TJ, how'd you do? I did pretty well. I came out about even. I pivoted away from everybody's love of the Jets defense, and I went with my Green Bay Aaron Jones stack. Uh, that did very well, and I did play a lot of Gordon and Kamara. So my only downfall was playing Jack Doyle and not Ebron, and I played some some weak wide receivers. But all in all, I did I did pretty well. Yeah, if you predicted Eric Ebron gets three touchdowns, good for you. Yeah, I mean, that was just... It was, what was it, three targets? He needed a rushing touchdown, too. I mean, come on. He needed a rushing. Like, literally, just give Marlon Mack. There's so many I could have really used a Marlon Mack touchdown there. <laughs> so we have a lot of uh, stuff going on this week. Let's start with the boomer bus. See if they, if we think these guys are going to do better or stay busted. Start with the first bust. How about Mike Evans? Oof. What do you put up? Six points? He did not have a good week. I think it was around six or seven points. And, yeah, everyone was expecting some big things from him in that game. I think the over – that game went way under. Like, what was the over-under? It was in the 50s, wasn't it? It was, like, high 40s, I think, because okay. Washington just can't score. Yeah. 48. They can't score, and they have a pretty decent defense. So that's one of the things that I guess does slow down game flow for sure. But, man – Mikey Evans, I don't know. It just two, That's two weeks in a row that he's struggled. The points were there. I think Fitzpatrick threw for 400 yards. He still got 20 points without throwing a touchdown. Yeah. That's insane. They just kept turning the ball over. Did you see that punch fumble that he did on the running back? He threw the, the ball went 20 yards into the end zone. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. No, that was, it was a weird game for sure, but... Yeah, um, I thought I think people expected a lot more points to be scored, and and for some reason Tampa just couldn't find the end zone. They find the end zone a couple times in that game. All of a sudden, some of these players that got a mediocre level of points turn into big scorers. That's a really weird team right now. They have no running game. Mm-hmm. They have to throw. Who to pick on that wide receivers core though? They have a lot of good guys. So do you think Mike Evans is going to pick it up? You think he's going to have a good week this week and the rest of the year? So this week, I really like Mike Evans, his price, especially in DFS, both DFS and standard fantasy. He went down to 7400 on FanDuel, so very affordable when he's going against the Giants. So I think the matchup's there. He's their number one receiver. He's due for a bounce back week. I would say start him comfortably this week. Hopefully he doesn't bust again, but I mean, logic just says, dude, he gotta, he's got to do something this week. They throw, yeah. and that's all they can do. So they're going to have to throw. they got to play four quarters. They're not a terrible team. They just have no defense, and you need that nowadays. You need the defense. Absolutely. Booms. We had a couple of huge booms. One you called last week on the show. David Johnson going for, was it 30 points? 33? 33 points. He absolutely killed it. It just, I mean, they had the new offensive coordinator. 
David Johnson's their only weapon. I mean, Fitz is there, but he's a little bit older. Seals Jones is inconsistent. They got some dude named Josh Rosen throwing the ball. <laughs> it takes time. No, for sure. But I think that they actually, everyone, you saw the volume. The volume's been consistent. He just finally turned it into production. So I would say David Johnson, he could easily be, to me, I think he could be top eight RB the rest of the year. I think he's going to get that type of volume. And even though the Arizona's not extremely good, they're competent. I mean, they showed that against the Chiefs. They held it. They held their own. They were able to get some points. See, the problem was trotting out Sam Bradford to start the year. Yeah. He's guaranteed four losses. <laughs> Sam Bradford is so... As Vikings fans, Sam Bradford used to be our quarterback, and we were just like, we believe in... I never really believed in Sam. Like, I had to say it because I was a Vikings fan, but to be real, like, I don't know if I ever, like truly believed that he was going to be the answer. Do you prefer Kirk Cousins? Absolutely. Kirk Cousins <laughs> is just, he, I mean, he's not, but I would say he's easily, he's a top 12 quarterback. He's yeah. Really, yeah. And the fact that Kirk Cousins can move his feet and actually move out of the pocket and be comfortable moving, I like that aspect. Sam I, Bradford, he just couldn't move well. I just had a flashback to that one game where we started Bradford like on a whim, and it was his first game back, and we had to pull him after half because he literally, like, every time he was going to get hit, he like cowered in fear yeah. <laughs> and like, curled up in a fetal position. It's just like, dude, like you're playing football. You can't do that. But he's just so afraid to get injured again that he's just... Add him to the list of quarterbacks that had a couple of good seasons and are over 100 millionaires. Yeah. Him, Brock Osweiler, Matt Flynn. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget the contract he signed. And yeah, then they drafted Russell Wilson. I'll never forget that. He had It was one good game Matt Flynn had. One good game. And it was during Aaron Rodgers when he missed against the Patriots. And they're like, oh, this dude's worth a $45 million contract. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. He might be losing the job to Big Dick Nick Mullins. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and, uh, Nicky M. Nick Mullins might just be the new Matt Flynn. <laughs> Mullins doesn't look that bad, actually. Oh, I watched really all of their last game, and yeah. he's definitely competent. Throwing yep. balls right at the chest. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going to happen to him this year, because they pay Garoppolo over $100 million, too. No, absolutely. And I think uh, Garoppolo, I think, played at a different level. What did he go, like 5-0 and or 6-0 and to end the season? So I think that that's where... He didn't start out that well, that well though, did he? Or did he get injured first week? No, this week, or this year, he got injured, I think it was second or third week. Third. But last year, he finished, I want to say it was 5-0. I don't That's know. That's why he got that big contract. So, Nick Mullins is, I don't have the stats in front of me because I don't follow the 49ers very closely, but and for DFS purposes. But they, I want to say he's like maybe won one game since he started starting. He's only had two starts. First game, 266, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. This last week, I don't think he threw any any touchdowns but they were definitely game managing him and when he did have to throw he put it on the money I don't know they got weak knee Jimmy G there yeah I don't know if he'll be able to cut it it's very interesting that's that's relevant too and I guess he I know he was on my we did mention him possibly for fantasy purposes just because he had that 22 point week last week but yeah, I mean, it's that's why you got to keep your eye on all 32 teams because you never know where you can find that diamond in the rough. So good call on that, Ryan. After the rest of the year, the Giants should really keep an eye on him because they could save a draft pick and maybe get a starting NFL quarterback and trading for him in the offseason. That would be interesting. Because sure. you know the Niners are going to roll with Jimmy G. They paid him so much, but... And you are good at predicting trades. I think by this time, Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be a Colt, what, like five weeks ago? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. They could sign him next year. I mean, Mac has been doing decent for them. But, I mean, 
They could use a, an elite running back. It's hard to call a trade in the NFL. I said he would fit well there. We did they say Amari Cooper was going to get traded, though. Did we? I know Amari Cooper had no swag. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a lot of swag for Oakland. I could argue that Derek Carr definitely does not have any swag whatsoever. <laughs> so I think the combination of two swagless people trying to do work just doesn't work sometimes. So now he plays for the Cowboys with another player that doesn't have a lot of swag, but he might be getting it back a little. He's starting to he's starting to pick it up, so we'll see. With I mean, Dak does did really well with the number one receiver in Des Bryant, and Des Bryant dropped the ball all the time. So I, I gotta say something. I don't know if Dak Prescott's ever had swag. Has he been thrown <laughs> a three hundred yard game in his career? He's the definition of a game manager with the rush, but he's got the rushing floor too, so he can rush for touchdowns. And I mean. That's the way the Cowboys liked it. They had a dominant offensive line forever. You have Zeke Elliott. You just game manage the clock. They had an okay defense, and their defense is starting to play a little better too. They grabbed that rookie linebacker, Fender or something. I don't remember his name. He's yeah. beasting out right now. It's yeah, a good pick. yeah. Imagine when they get Sean Lee back too. I mean, they're gonna actually. He's be, never been healthy. He had, but when he's on the field, he's a game changer. Yeah, he's a game changer. Also, last year as Dak Prescott was ending the year, he was putting up around 20 points a game so he was consistently going in that direction this year i don't know what happened but it seemed like he wasn't he, he's not being as direct as decisive and i think that's just slowing him down a little bit the game just seemed to to be a little too fast for him and you know he, he's making a lot more mistakes and a lot more turnovers and i don't like it dak that's i drafted you early <laughs> did you i did i just don't like jerry jones he needs to be in an old folks' home, not running <laughs> America's team. That's that's 100% true. Um, if he, When he finally gets put in a home and Jason Garrett gets fired, the Cowboys will be relevating him. That's going to be, I don't know. They just don't want to adapt to the new NFL. They just like to ground and pound. And I mean, you have a good running back, and I mean, it's not a terrible – you're not going to be – You don't have a great defense. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you look at the teams that are dominant right now. You have the Chiefs, you have the Rams, you have high-powered offenses that move the ball at a, at a consistent pace and are putting up multiple points. I think once you get into the playoffs, it becomes a different mentality, and then those elite defenses can actually change the game. But to actually win enough games and be relevant for the playoffs, you have to have a dynamic offense. Teams just don't run the ball like they do anymore. No. And they don't have a good defense. It'd be different if they had an elite defense, but <laughs> Dallas's defense has not been elite for many years now. Let's get to the next bust. We have – this feels a little cheap here, but we do have Kareem Hunt written down. Do you think he's going to bust for the rest of the year, Ryan? Oh, yeah, he's done. Spencer Ware. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that was an anomaly. I think the matchup um, was good on paper. Everyone thought that or it was going to be a dominant game of the Chiefs. Arizona's D actually has some sneaky talent. I mean, they held the Chiefs somewhat in check. I think they scored, what was it, 26-14 to 14 or something like that? Was yeah. that the score? The, the point spread was 17. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I was thinking about possibly laying one down on the Cardinals there at plus 17 just because defenses. Mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes does throw some interceptions. Yeah, no, and I think that it's it's completely valid. And the way Hunt was, a lot of people thought he was just going to get a lot of usage. Regardless of game flow, Hunt would be in all aspects, but most people thought game flow would dictate a lot of handoffs, 
uh, because they're going to be playing from ahead. But he just didn't really get a shot to get in the end zone. He did, but Spencer Ware took a troll okay. TD. <laughs> the troll TD. Oh, no. That's the worst. Yeah, so it was it was a weird week for him, but I would confidently say you start Kareem Hunt in your lineup yeah. for the rest of the season, and he's going to be a, somebody you target in DFS as well. All right, now on to the next boom, and I think we might just be seeing – how the life is now for the Cleveland Browns, and they might have a strong running game. And it starts with Nick Chubb. Fun to say. <laughs> I mean, Nick Chubb is he played it. You see that? What was that 80 yards? Something 92. 92 yard run. I think that was one of the longest rushing yard or attempts in Browns history. He put it into high gear yep. at the end. Like those guys were on him, and he just. <laughs> he really looked like the Gurley when Gurley was a rookie running. And so that that's who he reminded me of. And, you know, they got me all excited. I wish I tried to grab him off the waiver, but he was already taken. Of course. <laughs> that's speed. Wait, wait, who took him off the waiver in our league? <laughs> you. I literally right saw a notification like 20 seconds later. It was just like, click, I'll take him. And now I have an RB1 on my team. But, uh. For nothing. For literally no, nothing. Not even a waiver dollar. It's a beautiful thing. No, he was, I think it shows why they traded Hyde. A lot of people are like, why are they trading Hyde? He's been performing decent for them. Mm-hmm. Chubb is a young running back. He's going to start hitting his stride. And he showed a lot of game there. And the Browns won a game that not a lot of people expected them to. Mm-hmm. With no help from Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry. What to do about this guy? <laughs> he never really comes through. He had that one game where he had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what to do. All right, let's bring on our next bust. And this is a guy that I was high on in the tournaments I was in. 58% ownership. Dion Lewis putting up six points, I think it was. I think that this was just a product of the game. I don't know why they didn't give him that one-yard touchdown against his old team. It's kind of a dick move. You want to score on him, especially after he threw shade yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. He straight up said that the Patriots are cheap. Although that's not true. Come on. They don't yeah. need Deion Lewis to win. And I think they just the, – the Titans have a good football team, and they're starting to play like it. Once Mariota fixed his arm, yeah. they're good. Uh, I think he will be bouncing back. In fact, I think that gross game this week is going to make him lower owned, and his price didn't go up yeah. on FanDuel, so I'll be rostering him heavily again this week. I would say the same thing. I was really, really high on Dean Lewis or Dean Lewis last week, and yeah, it was what was it the Wildcat formation? Derrick Henry touchdown, then another one yard vulture. It's like it's this old team. Is there Get anything more frustrating than that? It just it makes no sense. I think they gave him a couple shots from like the four, and then they turned in. And then Henry came in. It was just. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it was really frustrating to watch, especially knowing how much, you know, I was the same way. I had him in probably 60 to 70% of my lineups. He seemed almost like a free square to me, and that definitely didn't end up being the case. I have to say, I can't fault them for bringing in beast mode Derrick Henry. He's like <laughs> 6'3", 240. He's a big He towers deal. over people yeah, on the right. field. And for one or two yards, like, it's so easy for him. That brings us to our last boom. TJ, I'll let you lead this one. Have... The Packers figured out the secret to winning, and is Aaron Jones here to stay? As a Vikings fan, I don't think the Packers have figured out a way of winning. (laughs) But as a a running back and a sports enthusiast, I believe the Packers have figured out their RB1, and that's Aaron Jones. He deserves the, the majority work. He deserves that lead running back title because of the fact that the way he produced he ran hard he can catch he can do it all 
Um, I know Jamal Williams was picked up early in the year, and they both were splitting carries, but you can tell that Aaron Jones is a better running back and just ran away with it. No, I didn't know you were a running back, TJ. Where did you play? Uh, I played on the field of Black Hawk Park. TJ, you obviously just watched the movie Black Hawk Down before you came onto this podcast and then completely made up the name of that park. But TJ was a running back, apparently. We, we, we learned new things. We've been friends a long time, and I just learned that you were a running back as well, so you know how they think. I mean, you got the frame for it. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> a lot of Asian running backs out there. Got some big calves. I go fast. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we digress. We learned some things about TJ, star running back at Blackhawk Park. <laughs> and Aaron Jones is here to stay. So now let's get into some position stuff because we're moving pretty quick this week. Uh, let's start out with quarterback. We have a lot of prime matchups this week. We have the highest-owned quarterback, I think, this week could probably be Drew Brees, I'd imagine. I mean, all this dude does is throw touchdowns at home in a smash spot against Philly this game. I'm going to be targeting hard in DFS, and I hope you have some guys going in season-long leagues as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Breeze's ownership might be a little less just because Philly on paper has a good defense, but their starting corners are beat up right now. So they are in tough position when it comes to their corners. So with that being said, I believe that Breeze's ownership will spike a little bit, and he is at home. He balls out at home, so... I agree. Start Drew Brees with confidence in season-long leagues, obviously, and I think pay pay up for him in a couple lineups in DFS. How about you, TJ? Any good quarterbacks you like this week? I would agree that Drew Brees is the number one. I would also look on the other side of the field and say that Carson Wentz is another option, too, because if he's going to be playing from behind, he's going to be throwing it a lot. They don't really have a good running game right now, so they're going to need to throw... 20 more times to Zach Ertz, boy. <laughs> oh, Zach Ertz about to blow up this week. 33 points last week, and yeah, he's in a really good spot, too. So I, I like the idea of Carson Wentz playing. I mean, they're playing from behind your right. That's going to dictate a lot of passes. Wentz does rush the ball from time to time, too. And yeah, he's a, he's a solid start, too. Are there any waiver wire quarterbacks you think might be out there for people this week, right? So here's an interesting one. So you have Joe Flacco's injury, which Joe Flacco's not a you know a huge producer, doesn't have much of a rushing opportunity, more of a game manager. But if he sits, either Lamar Jackson or RG3 are going to start. If one of those two start, they're going to be at home against Cincinnati, who has a suspect defense. Both of them have high rushing potential, which if you can get a quarterback that gets you 40 or 50 rushing yards, that's like an extra passing touchdown. That's key points right there. So I think both in DFS from a sneaky play, and if you're on, yeah, your quarterback's on by, because there's a lot of teams on by this week, pick up whatever Raven quarterback starts this week, and you could be sitting. That could be a nice 20, 25 point start. I agree with you. If I can't agree, that he's going to get 25 points, but honestly, a quarterback, if you can get. 17 points or above, you're usually going to be in a good spot in these tournaments. I have to say something here. Uh, I got to shout out this uh, Reddit user, Top Two Sports. He put up a lineup breakdown on all the perfect lineups for every week in 
Daily Fantasy, and he used DraftKings pricing here, but one thing that really stuck out at me was quarterback. Eight of the nine perfect lineups every week feature a quarterback that is under $6,500 on DraftKings, which would be $7,500 or so on FanDuel. And I have to say, from a strategy standpoint, why pay for Patrick Mahomes when you can get Fitzmagic down there? $2,000 less. And last week it was Mitch Trubisky who went off, and he was around the same pricing too. I think he was seventy seven hundred on Fanduel, so right in that same range. You really don't have to pay up for quarterback. Yeah. I think all you really need is someone's going to score you eighteen points. If you can get twenty five points, thirty three points, that's fucking awesome. But the reality is, you can usually find twenty to twenty five points in the mid tier. Range In that case, this week, I'm kind of looking at, uh, you know, Fitzmagic, Andrew Luck still isn't over 8,000, I believe. Luck is in a great spot at home against a good Tennessee defense, but he throws touchdowns three to four a week. And I think he's a good candidate to get uh, some really good value. Yeah, Luck's 7,800. You also have Carson Wentz at 77. Fitzmagic, 76. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks in that tier, and you can make arguments for a few of them. So I think it's just really looking down, looking at what the matchups look like. you got to look at game flow, what possibly the game flow is. Play, or teams playing from behind or in close matchups are often good as well. And that's a really good safer end your luck. I mean, more than likely, it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. It's a divisional game, so there's a lot on the line. Um, and then you have everything else in that standpoint as well from just – probably closer what's the what's the spread on that game even that game it's like seven points yeah so it's it's a decently close spread but i think game flow will stay close and both quarterbacks are gonna have to go back i even like Mariota on the opposite end too against i think he has probably the better defensive matchup but the home team home quarterbacks i love Mariota this week it's a one point yeah well, it's a one-point one spread. One-point spread, Ooh, yeah. I was wrong about that. That's, that could be an interesting game to target for sure. I have to say, every week when I'm looking at quarterbacks, I have this one thing I always keep on my cheat sheet. It is running quarterbacks in tight games or on the road. Mm. They need to come back and, and win. Russell Wilson usually fits that space. He did pretty good last week, actually. He got over 20 points at a fair price, but Trubisky was definitely the... Uh, Lock there. All right, let's move on to running backs. And last week, we had a big strategy discussion about how all the tournament-winning teams flex a running back. Yeah. Same thing happening in this week. It was, yeah. That's. It was interesting, though, because our strategy, which made sense, was to try to fit three or at least two like heavy-volume running backs or you know, bell call running backs into our lineup and have a flex at more of a value. So a lot of our flexes were either Deion Lewis or David Johnson. Now, David Johnson was a great running back to flex. Deion Lewis, not so much. But if you look at the winning lineup and the lineup that went off, there's three running backs that scored over 30 points. You had Nick Chubb. He was less than seven grand. You had David Johnson, who was less than seven grand. And you had Aaron Jones, who was less than seven grand. So sometimes it was an interesting week because if you actually pivoted from to them, you had enough money to afford the top tier wide receivers such as Michael Thomas. So that would actually allow you to build the most effective lineup. I have to say my big regret from last week is not chubbing it up. <laughs> Zero Nick Chubb on my end. And my my buddy Dan texts me. He's like, I really like Nick Chubb. I'm like, nah. You know what else he text? He goes, I also like LaShawn McCoy. I'm like, don't be stupid. <laughs> and McCoy went off too. Oh, I feel terrible. Dan, I'm sorry. I texted him after that first touchdown. Yeah. 
McCoy finally got a touchdown. Yeah. He's fucking due. Yeah. He was, and I mean, it just shows if running backs that get heavy volume, they're eventually going to break out. And these running backs that are going off right now, your Kareem Hunts, Todd, obviously Todd Gurley, everything like that, they're getting a little bit more volume, but almost the same dynamic of volume as these mid-tier running backs. So in some cases, it's strategic to pivot to the low-end ones who will be less owned. I agree with that, but I also have to say from this top two sports article, when they broke down every perfect lineup of every week, a few things stuck out to me. 19 of the 22 perfect running backs won their game straight up. So it definitely benefits you to target a home favorite. Only one of the 22 running backs was worse than a one and a half point underdog. Wow, that's a really interesting stat line. So, TJ, who do you like this week in running back? Why don't you give us your favorite expensive choice and then a good value spot? My favorite expensive choice for the week would be Saquon Barkley. I believe he's going to just ball out this week. He's going to run all over Tampa Bay. And even though ODB is going to do well, I just think that the way that Saquon can... He's he's gonna get unleashed and he's gonna take the 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 ball away from Eli, so that he doesn't make as many turnovers. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna do really well. I'd have to disagree with you there, because Tampa Bay had the worst pass defense in the whole league. Barna, I don't think they're gonna take the ball out of Eli's hand, but I think Saquon is definitely gonna eat. Oh yeah, for sure. And for a low running back, I like Cohen. Tyreek Cohen. Minnesota has a good defense. I don't think Jordan Howard's going to be able to run that well, and I think that Trubitsky's going to have to do those dunkers to Cohen. That's a really good point. Ed Cohen was off my radar, but this is going to be a really good game against our Vikings. Yeah. All right, for my running backs this week, looking at everybody, obviously you love Kamara. He's up there. He's very expensive. Got a lot of guys expensive, but this week I really like Zeke just because of the defense they're going off against. Fucking Nick Chubb exploded against them. Did he have over 200 total yards? I believe, let me check that, but I believe he did. It was something like that. Two touchdowns, over 175 yards. I know that. And I think the way to beat Atlanta is the running game, and that's also the best part of this Dallas team. So I think he's going to do really well. My lower end pick, I got to go with my boy Deion Lewis. I like his chances to get in the end zone this week. Every game the Colts play seem to be high scoring. Every time I look, it's like 35 to 34, uh, 30 to 20. You get the gist. They put up 30 points consistently. So I'm really thinking that Tennessee is going to need to throw the ball to stay in this game against them. Ryan, do you have any running back thoughts for us this week? So this is a really interesting week. So I was looking through the slate, trying to determine who I was going to be really high on, but you could make an argument for almost all the top running backs. So you have Kamara at home against Philly, Saints ball out at home. Right underneath that, you have Saquon at home against Tampa Bay, who's got a suspect defense. Right underneath that, you have Melvin Gordon at home going against Denver. (laughs) McCaffrey at Detroit, which Detroit has an atrocious defense. Like you mentioned, Zeke's going to eat. And then Connor's got a little bit of a tougher matchup, but it filters to the run. So you actually, because their passing defense is so good, you could see him getting more volume. And then you have David Johnson at home against Oakland. So there's so many arguments to be made for these running backs. 
I think that if I had to pick one, I just really like McCaffrey and his consistency and the amounts of what she's been getting. I mean, he's got back-to-back 30-point games. And Detroit, just even though it's on the road, I think McCaffrey's definitely going to be one of the top scoring running backs this week. But you could really just maneuver. What I would do is use a strategy just maneuver the fit the players you really want to fit in and then you can build the running backs around that almost because if you have to go down from $300 from Saquon or $200 from Saquon Barkley to Christian McCaffrey but that allows you to fit another stud guy in there I think that move is totally justifiable so it's a week where I think you have more leeway with running backs and it's just really about finding those receivers and those other players that are you're gonna get the high scoring to build your lineups around it's a great week for running backs. Man, there's a lot of good matchups this week. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. And so, Ryan, say you want to fit in some of those big guys. Who are those big guys you're in love with So this there's week? two big guys. They're probably obvious plays, um, but I we got Michael Thomas at home. Just a great match. And the thing is, Eagles normally have a pretty good defense, but their corners are really beat up right now. So there's so many there's so many opportunities for Michael Thomas in that regard. He continues to get a ton of targets. I think he had 15 targets against the Rams, 8 against the Saints, but he's still he's produced over 20 points the last two games, double digits the last four. He's just consistent. And you figure with corner the struggling corners they're going to have there, he's definitely going to ball out. You have to play the Saints right now. Yeah. They're one of I hate the Saints. I do not like the Saints because I'm a Vikings 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 group here. But their offense is unbelievable this year. They're throwing. They're running. Kamara. They, they, Drew Brees is playing his arguably best year he's ever played, and their he's team an MVP is fucking candidate good this year. It's crazy. He is every year. I yeah. feel like, but yeah, their team is really good. TJ, how about you? Any uh, big wide receivers that you like this week? I would have to agree with Ryan. I do like Michael Thomas, but I also love Julio Jones at home against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that Matt Ryan is going to look for him deep. They are on turf, and again, they're at home. Julio finally got that TD under his, his win, and now he two TDs, and now he's going to hopefully get try to get that eight or more and end up as a top three wide receiver. Now, I got to say something. I am a notorious Julio fader because a dude is allergic to touchdowns. But last week I was listening to a podcast, and I think it was 4 for 4. The guy made a great point. He said that touchdowns kind of come in bunches. So he didn't score forever. My God, it feels like it was 2017 last time he scored a touchdown. Uh, But then now they're going to come in bunches. So I actually like Julio with you this week. I got to agree with you there. Any low-end wide receivers you like, TJ? Tracon Smith of New Orleans. I think he's going to have a good game this week since that's going to have a high over-under at 56. And the Saints are bottom nine, so they should be having a good lead. Yeah, they got to throw to someone. Exactly. He got a touchdown a couple weeks ago. I think that was a, a really good game. Ryan, how about you? Any... Uh, wide receivers that you like this week so from a low-end wide receiver this is a person that i've been high on this year and he's had a couple decent games but he just doesn't quite deliver that huge game he says that one week he had over 20 but i feel like he's due he's gotten 30 targets over the last three games and he's got to blow up here eventually larry fitzgerald so 5900 so very affordable 
He's coming off a 10-target week at Kansas City. Unfortunately, that was only six catches for 50 yards. Didn't find the end zone. But they're at home against Oakland, who has a very, very bad defense. So I think this is a scenario where Larry Fitz is actually going to be able to shine. If he gets double-digit targets, I think one of them will be a touchdown this week. This is going to be a very interesting game because Arizona's defense is even in play. Oakland, they are sucking at a historic pace right now. They're definitely shooting for that overall first-round draft pick. And honestly, I can't blame Gruden for that. He signed a 10-year contract. They have one year left in Oakland. They can tank. Nobody cares. And I'm sure ownership is cool with all this stuff, too. Trading Khalil Mack, terrible idea. Agreed. Although the owner came out and said that they shouldn't blame John Gruden for it because it was their call, mm-hmm. which that's they didn't want to make. They didn't want to pay him what he wanted, and yeah. I think that's why they just got rid of him. Which smart from ownership standpoint, but is it though? Because he's beasting out right now. Yeah. For myself, there are some wide receivers I really like this week. I think I'll be highest owned with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. going against Tampa. They suck. He's at home. He scored two touchdowns last week. I just the matchup is too good. Lower end. I talked with you about this off air, Ryan, and you can't ignore Demarius Thomas's price down there, fifty six hundred. He's viable this week. No, he definitely is. I think. I mean, if you look at last week, he started off the game with. I want to say it was like three catches right off the bat, and then he just kind of died down after that. I don't think. That, I think being his first week there. They didn't have a lot of plays established for him. It was probably more simple routes and everything like that. And I don't even know if we got a snap count for how many times he was on the field, but I'm guessing it wasn't for a majority of the snaps. This week, he'll probably get a full workload. He'll be the true wide receiver, too. Yeah, they had a bye. So yeah. we had another week to learn the yeah. playbook. Hopefully, it'll pan out better than Golden Tate. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do very good his first game back. Another guy I like there down in the cheaper range is Corey Davis again targeting that Indianapolis game they're not the best defense and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to throw I think that game's gonna be a sneaky high shootout yeah I I totally agree with that I think those are some really good plays and like we talk about if you want to fit those high-end players in there your Michael Thomas's your high-end running backs like McCaffrey you have to find value and these are some really good places to look a lot of these tournament winners will completely punt the uh wide receiver position. They'll just go low-priced. And the good news about the value plays is even if they only get 8 to 10 points, so they get, say they get 8 targets for 7 points, it's not a complete miss because if you have the the higher point scores in there and you get those right, you can more than accommodate for those low-priced punts. Another thing that that uh, Top 2 Sports article talked about, uh, perfect lineups, 27 of the 30 wide receivers went for over 100 yards, but 29 of the 30 wide receivers scored at least one touchdown. That's a, that's a fair point, too. The touchdowns, I mean, you can look at red zone targets. You can look at overall targets and determine, and obviously matchup and everything like that, but it's really, that's one of the hardest stats to predict. So that's where the luck comes in. I mean, you can do a lot of research. You can strategize. You can give yourself your best possible chance. But you need touchdowns, and that's where you, know, you just got to hope for the best. Josh Doxson last week. Yeah. I, I pivoted a little bit to him because I saw some guy on Twitter said everyone's going to have egg on their face when Jock Doxson outscores Mo Harris. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually had a lot of um, Moncrief last week, too. That 70-yard touchdown made some – or that, that, was, was, that was a good – yeah. He only had two catches. Yeah, and but, one of them was sorry. a 70-yard. Yeah, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. Revenge game, baby. Yeah. And that's why I liked uh, Deion Lewis, too. This moves us on to tight end here. And we have – 
a lot of good options this week, but I'm going to keep it simple and target a guy who's facing a defense that has given up a lot of points to tight end, and that is Greg Olson of the Carolina Panthers. He's got a quarterback, Cam Newton. Maybe you've heard of him. He's pretty good this year, putting up MVP numbers again. Detroit gives up a lot of points. It's 51-point total over-under, and I bet that if Newton throws three touchdowns, Olsen has a very good chance of getting at least one of those. And I think he's going to get over five catches, which is what we need out of our tight ends, and hopefully a touchdown. No, I think that Greg Olsen's a great play this year. I'm actually... I have, even though I like the theory of paying down for quarterback, I'm definitely going to have some Cam Newton ownership because it's just on the road against Detroit, just watching them play so badly. Trubisky just put up 36 on them. I feel like Cam Cam is just going to go off. So I'm going to definitely have some Cam Newton lineups and pay up for him. So I like Olsen to go along with that. I think the most logical play, and it's I'm not going to win any just <laughs> like crazy things like, oh, wow, look at that sleeper. But Zach Ertz, I mean, at home going against the 31st ranked pass defense in terms of fantasy points allowed on FanDuel. So he he's coming off a 33-point game, probably the most obvious play, and he's still affordable, $7,600. He's putting up Gronk numbers this year. I read something that said that he was on pace for, I think it was the most receptions by a tight end. You might need to fact check me there, but I know I read something that sounded like that, and I know he's good. Listen to this stat line. So you look at last week, 16 targets, 14 receptions, 145, and two touchdowns. Then you have a game at Jacksonville, a light game four for 26 and a touchdown, 11 target game against Carolina for 18 points. He's double digit in the last six weeks. That's insane. He's just, I mean, I don't know how you cannot start him. I got another question for you. Over, under, touchdowns, Eric Ebron, two. Uh, Does he score more or less than two? Because it (laughs) seems like he gets two, three every week. I was going to say, Eric Ebron, I would definitely take the under on that. So last week, three targets, three receptions, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. <laughs> you got to look at volume. You got to look at temps. He's gotten three targets in the last two games, but he's gotten I mean, three targets last game, three targets the game before, three touchdowns total. I mean, you can't, but touchdowns are an anomaly. You can't predict those. I mean, you can predict red zone targets, but at the same time, I'd be probably more comfortable on the Jack Doyle end based on targets if you're going to go with the tight end for Mindy. Jack Doyle is not a bad value pick there. 5,400. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can flip a coin who's going to get the points every week. Ebron may be a little more athletic. Yeah. He's rushing in touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> TJ could have used that Marlon Mack touchdown last week, but unfortunately, sorry, Eric Ebron's the new, the next big thing. So could I. Yeah. <laughs> You owe me a drink, Eric Ebron. <laughs> it cost me at least $25. <laughs> this moves us on to defense now. And looking at the slate, there's a few that really stand out to me. I think my number one defense this week, I'm going to actually pay up, and I'm going to go with a little bit of Houston Texans action. A week on by. They have two weeks since their last football game. They're playing at Washington. Washington is missing three starting offensive linemen. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Jadavian Clowney. No, that's a really fair point, and I think there's definitely a lot of opportunities for sacks. And Alex Smith doesn't – he's more of a game manager, so he's not notorious for turnovers, but he's definitely capable of turning the ball over. And they're actually the highest-priced defense, even as a road defense. Almost all the time you see the highest-priced defense is usually a home one. So that's a really interesting stat that they're the most expensive on the slate this year – or this week. 
So my defense is more based on matchup, but they've also had some decent games. So I'm going with Arizona at home against Oakland. I think, like you mentioned before, Gruden is tanking the season, going for that number one overall pick. I think Carr's just no Carr knows he's probably this might be his last year there. He probably doesn't even care at this point. And Arizona's just in a good position, so I think that's a, or a scenario where they can create a lot of turnovers, put pressure on the quarterback, and being a home favorite, that's always a good spot for a defense. How about you, TJ? I'm actually going to pivot away from these high defenses, and I'm going to pick a, a low defense that I think is turning it on as of as of late, and that defense is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this week they're going against Jacksonville Jaguars. We all know that Blake Bortles can turn the ball o- over. We all know that anything can happen miscues. I mean, look at Carolina Panthers last week. Everybody liked Cam Newton, and he just got sacked a lot and the cat went crying home that week so this week I believe that the the cats are going to go crying home again (laughs) a different type of cat (laughs) Um, so I do like Pittsburgh Steelers at 3800 I think they're going to get 10 plus points um, and that's all you need no, I think that's a really good call. Even though it's an away defense, I think the matchup's definitely a good one. And, yeah, they've really been stepping it up lately, even against some of these tougher teams. I mean, they come off a 15-point week, and, yeah, I think there's opportunity there. So, good call, TJ. You just cannot whiff on defense. Yeah. Too much is at stake. The Jets, was that last week? Or two yeah. Weeks? yeah. Oh, the Jets fucked me. I had them in 60% of my lineups. Oh, the Jets. And it's Minus four. Yeah, you can't whiff. Um, I will say that there's there's certain weeks where the defense scores like in the mid-20s. And if you don't have that defense, it's just there's too big of a variance of your lineup for you to cash really high. But on the weeks where the defenses score, I think Chicago was in the teens last week. Packers were in the teens. If you whiffed a little bit, you could definitely still be in a position where you could make a decent lineup. So defense is really important, absolutely. But there is a little room for error there, just like there's room for error on the value receivers if you're trying to build that lineup that's going to cash high. Not if you get negative four. Come on. Jets I mean, negative four? You, you can't miss that bad. So, I mean, yeah, if you have a negative four on the defense, it's going to be tough to cash. But um, if you have an eight-point defense, that's not the end of the Here's world. an interesting question. Who's the worst team in the NFL now? Who? If I had to... I think Oakland's up there, but I don't know. I think honestly, I think Oakland. I, Oakland is really bad, but I also feel like they're not playing to their potential because I think they're whiffing for that first round pick. Jay Gruden's gonna have or John Gruden's gonna have a whole new team. No, I in agree. two years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's the worst team? I gotta say the Jets because I've actually watched their games and they are terrible. With Darnold, they played okay. They had some decent games at the beginning of the season, but I do agree that there's opportunity there. But and I mean, just showing how bad they played against the Bills. I mean, that was an awful game. But (laughs) the Bills put up was it like thirty points at halftime? Man, it's that's insane. But it's tough because what it's what's weird about these underperforming teams is a lot of it's based on matchup and just how well they match up. Like if you look at the Vikings, we got blown out by the Bills, and we're I'd argue a pretty good team. But sometimes a team just matches up well with another team, and there's things you can't. Sometimes you have bad games. That's why gambling is gambling. You just you never know. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I'm on to sneaking it in. New listeners, this is our favorite time 
of the podcast. We choose a player that is under 5500 on FanDuel. I don't know what that would be on DraftKings, like 3500 Depending on how they value them. But, yeah, sometimes values are different, but it can vary. So this week we got a couple of decent plays, I think. Uh, I'm not sold on mine yet, but I think you're ready, Ryan. Why don't you go ahead? Okay, so this um, is a player that I was pretty high on just because he's had some blow-up games. He's been a little inconsistent the last couple weeks, but I think at home versus... A pretty suspect defense. This is his chance for him to really shine. And I think he's proven to himself. I mean, him and Crabtree kind of battle back and forth for the number one receiver spot. But I think John Brown at 5,400 is in a position where he can really shine this week. Depending on who the quarterback is, I mean, you never know what chemistry is going to be at. So it's a little bit of a punt play. So you are taking some chances because it's not the usual starting quarterback. But I just think his talent's there. And I think his ability to get open is there. So I really like John Brown this week. John Brown? It's a great take. Great take, Ryan. TJ, who do you like for sneaking it in? My sneaking it in player this week on that second highest over under the over under game is Wendell Smallwood. I would say you can take either of those guys, Smallwood or Corey Clements, but Wendell Smallwood has had a little bit more usage as of late. He's catch he's been catching more passes, and I believe that he's going to have a little bit more opportunity, um, maybe two touchdowns this week because they will be playing from behind. Two touchdowns for Clement. Ooh, Smallwood. Or Smallwood, sorry. So I would be willing to make you a bet of almost any (laughs) amount of money that neither of those running backs would get two touchdowns. I'll give you both of them. So I believe that, yes, they probably will not. But I just think that both of them may get one each. So let's make that bet. Okay, I will make a bet that they won't get a combined two touchdowns. I would take that bet if I was you. Oh, I would take that bet, Ryan. Through the air or ground. Through the air or ground, yes. Yeah, I would take oh. that bet. They just, need, they just need a touchdown. <laughs> Everyone should see his face right now. I'm debating now. I actually I actually think I'd still take that bet. I won't, I'll take that bet for... Well, we'll, we'll discuss terms on it. I still think that they're not going to get two touchdowns combined, but that's a closer bet than one of them getting two. Then that's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> there you go. So for my sneaking it in play, this is kind of a tough one. There are a few tight end options that I really like this week. You took Wendell Smallwood. I like that one a lot too. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to really sneak this one in, and I'm going to go Denver's tight end, Jeff Huberman. I don't know how to say his name. How do you say it? That sounds right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to say Herman, but I feel like they say Huberman. Well, it's H U E, so that would be Huey, like Hugh. Maybe it's Huberman. No, it's H E U E R M A N. Wait, what? What a dumb way to spell a name. Whoever decided to just have a last name like that, like I feel like somebody back in the day must have gotten to select that last name, like, and they probably kept getting confused with the like. Huerman spelled H U E U R M A N. They're like, we're going to change it somehow. Man, whatever his name is, I think that's a good take. 11 targets last week, and he got into the end zone. I mean, it depends on what it's looking like, but I mean, Case Keenum needs that safety valve being an unelite quarterback. <laughs> Case Keenum, don't let me down. <laughs> What's funny is, though, your sneaking in fate does rely on the bane of your existence, which is Case Keenum. <laughs> I bet you, I like Case Keenum. I always have. I just like her cousins more. I think that Case Keenum might get 18 points this week Ooh. on a $6,800 budget, maybe more. What if he hits 35? 
<laughs> that would never happen. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's a terrible play, but for you can get Stafford for the same price, and I like Stafford this week at home more than I like. Yeah, Case Keenum on the road against a good defense, but this is the week he gets two rushing touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, you, just because you said it, it's going to happen. Now it's going to be a weird thing. It's just the winning <laughs> lineup is going to be a Hewerman, Emmanuel Sanders, Case Keenum stack. <laughs> <laughs> Hewerman, <laughs> I think you said it right. I think you said it right there. All right, guys, that does it for us. Sneaking it in, week 11. Goodbye, guys. Happy football. Let's make some Quan. Let's get it.